hello. Welcome to 12 Questions. What's happening? Hey, it's just me today. Sorry, so, sorry, Alex. We're trying to, I'm trying to get some podcasts recorded before I go on the road. Today I have, uh, this has been a long time coming. Oh, there's cheeses. There is cheese. There is apples. There is, you know, I put out a spread. I do this. But in our, our podcast, we actually ask um, the guests to introduce themselves because we allow people to be anonymous if they want to just like be anonymous so i'm not the anonymous type <laughs> so today i'm speaking with the fabulous and wonderful brian simpson yay yeah. uh just one of my favorite humans on planet earth absolutely fantastic person likewise and we were just talking about um we were talking about living environment and serenity and that whole situation because you've had you've had quite a journey. I'm trying to focus on, especially with like Brody's passing. I'm trying to focus on like mental health right now. And mm. I know you've had like one of our first times really hanging out. You you were you were nervous, and you were like, "Hey, just hang out with me." And like, I I love how open and fantastic you are about your journey, and like how you have just been killing it in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I don't know about killing it. I'm just, I think, you know, I think if you can just, uh, like, LA, LA is just a war, of, it's a war of attrition. So if you can just be, if you can just be around and involved, you're doing, you're doing it. You're doing all right. Yeah. You're doing all right. If you could be around, for it's sure. It's definitely stacked against poor people. I mean, because I mean, I'm sure, like, there's a lot of people out here that are, like, trust fund kids or, like, upper middle crust kids that think, yeah. they, that think they were poor. And they come out here and they can afford the ridiculous rent and yeah and they have the free time to you know put all their energy into 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 art instead of surviving um so you know so if you're poor i mean you move if you're poor and talented and you move to la it's a struggle because most of your energy has to go to survival yeah and all the rest has to go to your craft or or you're gonna fall off you know yeah that's very true because when you first moved up here we were trying to get a place together mm. and i was stuck in that one crazy i love how you said when you're talking about where you're living now how the conditions are frustrating i used to have moments where like i would open a cabinet and just like dust and a spider <laughs> and like a piece of wood would like all fall out at once i'd be like what yeah. is this nightmare house like at one point the floor was keeping it in one of the bathrooms so the management had to come in and clean like fix the floor and they left the hole exposed and feral cats and raccoons got into the house oh my god <laughs> we were like what's going on there's, there's a lot of uh slumlords <laughs> out here yeah 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 and there's something truly hilarious about like opening a, a door and seeing like cat like like extra cats we had three cats and there were like we opened a door and there were like six cats in one room and all three of our cats were like huddled in a ball like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> who let these ones in <laughs> it was crazy yeah that's stressful it was really stressful but um like for a while when you first moved up here you were living in a you were living in like a like a well not like a halfway house but like a it's a shelter. Shelter situation. I forget what they call it. Um, it was a veteran shelter, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have, you were in the service for how long? You did two tours, right? I yeah, remember correctly. I did two tours, yeah. Yeah. That's a fascinating story. 
Not really. It's kind of boring, actually. Well, because you went, you went in first as a as a mechanic. No, I went in as a as a technician. Technician, yeah. helicopter technician. No, and no, no, no. That's Mitch Burrow. That's Mitch Burrow. Yeah, he was oh. a helicopter mechanic. I was a uh, an electronics technician. Oh, yeah. okay. And then you and then you went back as infantry, right? Nope. Nope. No. I well. <laughs> no, definitely not. Whose story am I mixing up with your story? What's I, happening I, no, I right now? I think you're just getting parts of the story mixed up. We, I, w- I am a, I was a electronics technician. Technician, but this, but on my second deployment, we we went as security forces for the airbase. Oh, so we weren't infantry, not even oh, close. Not even close. No, no. You know, I'm confusing you with a guy I dated a few years ago. I know <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, now yeah. I know exactly who I'm but, confusing you. But <laughs> I would never. First of all, I would never go back in the Marine Corps. But then definitely not as infantry. Yeah. Fuck no. That, he was crazy. We no. dated for a minute. You treat me very well. But I'm not built like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not built for it. Like, you know what's weird is I, I encounter so many people that want that w- wanted to be infantry or wished they yeah. were infantry in a way. It's like a machismo thing, right? I don't know. It's 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 just like it's like people that it's like people with uh, I would have been in the military but stories. You know, it's like yeah. they want you to know I'm not I, I'm good enough. I'm tough enough for the military, if not for this. And but then, I have and these people, heel spurs, right? But <laughs> but people in the military have that same insecurity. People that uh, aren't people that aren't grunts, yeah. They or people that aren't infantrymen, yeah. They have that same insecurity where they want everybody to still know that they're tough, yeah. So they, you know, and, and so when we when we went back as security forces, it was, well, first of all, before we went back, they were asking for volunteers. Oh. And I'd already, you know, but whenever that happens, it's like usually about half the people in your unit have been deployed before. Yeah. And so and I'm sitting around telling all the young Marines, like, don't fucking volunteer. Like, it ain't, it ain't. But but so many people, like, they want that glory. You know, right. like the idea of going home and not having gone to Iraq or Afghanistan, it, w- it was just like unthinkable for them, you know. But and then they get over there and they're like, fuck this. you know it's just hot and miserable and boring and it's like it's i guess it's nice to be able to say that you made it through that but i would much rather have just not gone yeah you can just go to barstow or something right right. (laughs) and stand Uh, outside yeah yeah i mean i never wanted to do any of that like yeah go on patrol you know (laughs) anything that made made it more likely for me to for me to die was like off the table for me well, because you had lived a whole life before that. Like, you had had, like, a rough and tumble life going into even right. the military. I, I mean, I was a I was a foster kid for most of my life, most of my childhood. And then, um, you know, I, I went from home to home to home to home to family member to family member to family member to home to home to home to home. And then, and then when I, the last place I was with my stepmom, and I was 18... And like, th- like they'll take care of you until you're 21. Like they'll give you an apartment and mm-hmm. pay for you to go to college and uh, all, all that kind of shit. But, um, you know, but I was I was living with my stepmom, and the, and the money they used to give my foster parents was now for me. But they were giving it to my stepmom because they because oh. they didn't think I was responsible. Oh, my, no. my my social worker didn't think I was responsible, and something about that just 
pissed me off. Like I, it was, it, it wasn't that decision alone. It was just that I was just so tired of. You wanted agency, right? I yeah. wanted to make because I was so tired of I was so tired of adults making decisions for me, and then not being around for the consequences. Like, because that's mm-hmm. that's that's the deal with foster kids is yeah is is like yeah you might be doing what's best, but why do you get to pick? Because you, you ain't gonna be around like, and that's exactly what happened. He quit. What? Yeah, that same social worker quit. So so it was like. It's like you ain't you 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 making this hard this hard decision that I have to live with, right? You know, it's like and and, and I wasn't responsible. Like I was a I was I was I was I was just rebellious in a way that just didn't make sense. You know, it's like I just wanted to do whatever you told me not to do because it was the only power I had was defiance. Same, you know. Yeah. So that's why it's like to join the military, which I guess is is pretty much giving up all your all your agency. <laughs> But that was my way of rebelling against the system I grew up in. Yeah. So I, but anyway, I didn't join, I joined the Marine Corps in, before 9-11. I joined in March of that year. Oh, what? And so I wasn't there for no patriotic shit or none of that. I just wanted to get through that bitch, go to college and get the fuck up out of there. So, you know, um, so when I, so when 9-11, when 9-11 happened, I was literally in- no in school like at breakfast and like god damn it (laughs) you know shit because you know we had just been talking about how you know like the chances of somebody like actually attacking the united states was so slip it's like what war are we gonna get into yeah who would do that right why what what idiot would come for the united states yeah we haven't been in a war since i was a kid yeah and even the cold war was pretty low-key no no the the gulf war the The gulf war War. oh yeah 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 yeah. so but i was just like you know i was just so caught off guard by 9-11 and it was like this is bullshit I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. That is so, that is, I can just imagine like a little you just like, oh, this is some bullshit. How, like, why now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's what it is. Um, but anyway, I, so, but that, that, that was, that was so long ago, you know? Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I guess I'm still, it's not something I am. I'm. I used to be proud of it, but now I'm just. But I'm not. Ash, I'm not ashamed of it. But it's. It's just not my identity anymore. No. You know? No. Yeah, but I do have a soft spot for veterans, especially Marines. You really do. Yeah. There's some. There's some challenging personalities in comedy, and you're very understanding, especially when that's their story. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of Marines come back, and that, and that's something I learned in the shelter actually. Um, even though the people the people that own that place are scumbags, but but um, yeah. but the people that the people that work there were were awesome for the most part, and um, you know, and I, that's when I got into like cognitive behavioral therapy and nice, and that was really powerful for me because you don't realize like the 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 you know it's like I, like it's it's okay to be to be. 
it's okay to admit that you're damaged somehow, you know? Yeah. I have a thought log in my purse right now that I'm supposed to use because my, and my therapist wants me to uh, put my, all of my thoughts on trial. And because it's funny to use judge Judy as the person in my brain. So like when I have a thought and I'm putting it on trial, sometimes I'll be like baloney and, mm-hmm. and then I laugh. <laughs> put your thoughts on trial. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's a really powerful form of therapy. Yeah, and and it, I mean it, it really is. You know, it's like it it it's weird too because the the you know the 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 foster care thing creates a lot of mental health issues in and yeah. of itself. Even people that don't, um, um, even people that like like when they grow up when they're like in their in their thirties, they still are affected by it, you know? Oh yeah. And the Marine Corps was, for me was like stability. Right. And they made me, you know, forced you to stop feeling sorry for yourself. But, but at the same time, I think it was maybe an overcorrection, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It swings. And we, I've done that in my life. Like you swing too far in the other direction to, yeah. to kind of create stability. And then you find that you can't exist in that space anymore. Right. It's like well, what you're becoming yeah. is not yourself, and, and a big a big part of it too is that to be to be successful. Um, and I and I, I guess I wouldn't really call my Marine Corps career successful, but uh, but it definitely wasn't a failure. But 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 to 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 succeed or even just get along in the Marine Corps, you have to buy in fully. You know, you have to yeah, you have to put that identity on. You know, yeah. But then you, but then you get when you get out and you realize, oh, that's not that that's not who I am. But who am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I didn't know who I was when I went in, and then they give you this identity, and then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, after a while, you realize, oh, this doesn't really fit. Do you find that some people try to attach like a comedic identity that way as well? They're like, I am a comic and this is my identity. And yeah. you're like, but what does that mean? There's yeah. 150 different types of comics in the world. Like, yeah, I think, um, well, I don't know, man. It, it's tough because we, we're, humanity is in a transitional period right now. Yeah. You know? It's like, remember, I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna say, remember, but, but you know, I'm sure there was a time when, like, you know, like, think about like right after slavery ended. Right. How, how no one knew, how like, (laughs) I mean, imagine how everyone had to adjust to a new reality. Right. Cause even the, even the slaves were like, as much as they wanted freedom, when, when they first got free, they didn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. You know, and then, and then, all the, the 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 slave masters used to having free work for all those years. They didn't know what the fuck to do. Well, then that's when I the mean, prison industrial complex started well, up. Exactly. And right, is, right, right. You know, so they figured they figured out a new way to have slaves. But my point yeah. my point is we're I think we're in a transitional period now where there there's there's a lot of debate, discussion, confusion around mm-hmm. what's appropriate and and whether language should be policed and all those other things and and so it's it's a very it's a very difficult time to become a comedian yeah because you have to be willing to say what you're thinking and not what you're expected to say 
Right. And and I think that and is... And turn away when you're rewarded for saying what you're expected to say. Right. Or it, there's, there's a couple lines and some jokes where sometimes if I'm like Portland, San Francisco, people get really excited for those lines. And I go, of course you are. <laughs> right. Like, I just make fun of them. <laughs> I was like, that's not a joke. <laughs> you know that, yeah. right? You're clapping for being right. <laughs> well, that's, well, yeah, but that, and yeah. that's the thing. I think, I think the, this generation is coming up in a time where there's way more pressure to conform mm, mm-hmm. than there used to be just because you it's, have to, you have to conform in your free time. Like you can't just be home and be, you know, yeah. you have to constantly be uploading evidence that you are conformed. Yeah. That you're conformed. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, like your Instagram and your yeah. social media, you got to constantly be telling people that you agree with them or that you fit into the group that you. Right. That you're going to go to that event yeah. or you're going to be. Yeah. It's, and so and you it's can, exhausting. And the thing too is, you can get away with doing comedy that way. You're just never going to be very good at it. Yeah. It's just not the kind of comedy I think either you or I would gravitate to. If that makes any sense. It's like, I mean, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes when somebody's really good at that, it's impressive Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. I mean, I don't, but I think comedy is inherently counterculture. Yeah. So it's like whenever, whenever one side is winning the culture war, Comedy always goes against the grain, you know. Yeah. So that's sort of its job. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if comedy has a job. I, I don't know. I think humor is nec- necessary for the human condition. Well, humor, humor is. But I'm, when I say okay, when I'm saying comedy, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean it. I mean stand up. I, I don't know. I don't care about all that other shit. Because <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like I enjoy improv mm-hmm. and um, and sketches and mm-hmm. all that shit. But I don't care about them. I don't. I don't. I enjoy good improv and sketches. I don't enjoy. Um, I don't enjoy improv and sketches a concept enough to have appreciation for the bad stuff. Whereas with comp with stand up, sometimes I enjoy it so much that if I'm watching a person develop something, I'm okay with them not delivering a hundred percent for a while because I'm like, Oh, they're developing it. Like I, but I have enough appreciation to understand that that's what's going on. And then there are some people it's like breasts or souls. That's probably as good as it's going to get, you know, and I hope I'm not one of those people, but, and I hope I don't get to make those judgments. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think, I think LA is a hard place to start comedy. Yeah, it was a weird decision on my part. I thought about moving to San Diego for a time. Yeah, or somewhere small. Because you know what it is, is that out um, out here, I think I think if you're in a smaller scene, mm-hmm. you are, it's easier to be humbled mm. by the fact that like there's a hierarchy, you know what I mean? It's And it's it's definite, you mm. know? Whereas I think out, out here, a lot of times, you can be you can be associated with or or in with some group where someone has some kind of success, or you could be associated with some mm-hmm. club or some show, mm-hmm. and and it fools you in the thinking that because to, because to me there's 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 getting good at stand up, and then there's getting good at Hollywood. Because <laughs> right? yeah, no matter yeah. how good you are at stand up yeah. or, or whatever you do, yeah. no matter how good you are at music, stand up, whatever, yeah. when you come here, you got to learn the, ho- yeah. the Hollywood. So, but what I'm saying is, so if you start here, a lot of times you can 
you could level up in Hollywood and think that means that you've leveled up in your craft, you know, and, and it you can it's easy to conflate the two. People so. people ask me, um, one of the people involved with Rose Battle asked me, I was hosting an open mic and I just happened to go up and, you know, do my thing and, and he got, he came off, I came off stage and he goes, you're funny. And I go, yeah. I said, you know what I've been doing since Rose Battle? And he goes, what? And I go, stand up. <laughs> A lot of stand up. <laughs> But like, that's the thing is like, you gotta not to, I mean, no shade to that. I'm so grateful for the experience, but I understand, I completely understand what you're saying for sure. Like I'm finding myself, I feel like a woman without a nation. Like I kind of like, don't, I've kind of been, I don't really have a click anymore, which is good. I think that's good. And I also find myself rebelling against hierarchy in the sense of like, okay, well then I'll just do my own thing. I'll figure out what my own thing is yeah. and I'll create that lane and I'll drive in it. Well, that, well that's what I mean. I was like, I don't, I don't support hierarchy in and of itself. Um, that's, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, I think when you're new, it's necessary, it's necessary to train yourself to, like you said, like what your therapist say, put your thoughts on trial. Right? Put your thoughts on trial. It's necessary yeah. to learn to examine yourself. To, to like check yourself because that's how you get better. It's like if you, if you, you know, so the, and the hierarchy is just an easy way to, mm-hmm. to force that on you. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I guess not everyone needs it, you know, because you don't need anyone. I mean, you don't need anything except stage time and, and, and you don't really, um, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, that thinks you have to go up every, you know, until you, until you fucking have a heart attack, you know, like, <laughs> or until your body fills up with tumors and intestinal right. infection like, and a back problem. <laughs> nah, you, nah, you, 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 you got to take care of yourself. None, nothing here. Yeah. Nothing here matters that much. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I had a rough weekend. I had to see the doctor today just to like make sure everything was okay. But I had lost a lot of blood. I wasn't like feeling very good. And Monday I went to like get up and get dressed and go to the comedy store. And my body was like, no. And I slept for like, I slept like most of the day. I was like, I woke up. I said hi to Stuart. I went right back to sleep. My brain was just like, no, you need to rest. There was just like not enough oxygen in there. Are you vegan or something? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's from my fibroids. I bleed a lot, and so oh. one of them came back, and it was decided that weekend was the weekend it was going to kick my ass. And so I have to eat a high iron diet and that kind of stuff. That's basically what they told me. I'm gonna be eating a lot of lentils, uh, taking some hormones. So farts and crying. Here we go. Yeah, We're gonna do diet it. is a diet. Diet is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, like, I ignored it for so long till it mm-hmm. till it kept. Caught up because it's going. It's that's the thing. It'll catch up with you eventually. Especially because convenience food here is so awful, awful, readily available. Taco trucks, like, and I fucks with a taco truck. Mm -mm. That's not even the worst thing you can eat here. (laughs) But like, what is in terms of like physical and mental health? Like, what is your experience of surrender? Because I've watched you surrender to things and just be like, "This is where I'm at. This is what I need to do." As opposed to having that like false sense of self, or I mean, wait a minute. So I don't know what you mean by surrender. You mean maybe like acceptance, acceptance, yeah, acceptance, surrender. Those concepts. Um, I don't know. I think there's another thing I learned in the Marine Corps too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just it's just like the the you know not that I wouldn't complain, but it's like eventually you got get to the you just have to accept that like there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to stop this from happening. You know, you just yeah. have to do what you have to do. What else? Whatever else you have to do. Yeah. You know, it's like it sucks that you that it has to be done. It sucks that it has to be you. But both of those things are going to always be true. So you need to handle. You know, it's like you just have to. You just have to do it. You just have to handle your business. Do you find that there's a weird sense of peace in that? Like I've had moments in my life where it's like in my mind, I'm like, there's a worst case scenario and I don't want that to happen. And then it happens. And then I'm like, oh, well, we're here. Didn't die. We'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if there's peace. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's because it's just the way that I automatically react to things I, I like i could i get completely fired up and pissed off and upset because you take your tv back especially when yeah especially <laughs> when, when things don't make sense mm. like when they don't add up yeah but after a while i'm I'm just like all right what do i need what do i because like my next instinct is to check myself like okay am i being unreasonable am i being illogical like what or what or am i is right. this is there anything i can do about it you know yeah. So I'm. I mean, <clears throat> I, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Acceptance. I guess it is acceptance. Yeah. I like that. It's just necessary. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most sort of like insane, either insane good or insane bad moment that you've sort of had in your life? Huh. One or the other. Yeah, or both. Insane, whatever. Insanely good or insanely bad moment. People take that uh, question all kind of ways. They're like, oh, I met a rock star. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're like, the worst thing in the world happened. You met a rock star? <laughs> I, people are crazy. A fucking loser would say that. <laughs> I think the most insanely good thing... Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess... So far, the most, the best thing is um, getting my name on the wallet store. Yeah, I don't know. Is that, is that the best thing that ever happened in my life? Hmm. I, I feel know. like I was there when that process started because you went up and you destroyed, and then you went up in another room and you destroyed, and yeah, that was a good we were night. hanging out that night. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, that was a really cool night. Yeah, the store the the store is a cool place, man. It it um there's so many things that happen that happen at the store that could only happen at at the store. Yeah, you don't I don't hear stories a lot of like folks getting discovered anymore in any kind of way and that felt like I was watching you get discovered. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know if anyone gets I don't know if anyone's ever gets dis, has ever gotten discovered at the store, right? I mean, I mean I mean maybe I mean I guess maybe getting in at the store used to be being discovered. Yeah. But um but there's just too many comics now for that to be. I mean, that was back yeah. when it was like 17 comics. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like now. I mean, there's. I mean, maybe there used to be a lot of comments, but there's no way that it used to be as many as many as there are now. I mean, there's like five. as many like talented comics yeah. as there are now. There's like seven thousand people mm-hmm. here that identify as comedians. I yeah. imagine 
the comedy store, like those old um, nature shows where you would see like the watering hole at the Serengeti, like in August. Yeah. And there's, you've got your alligators and you've got your gazelles and you've got like lions and you've got everybody. And there's only a little bit of water to go around. <laughs> no, it, but, but I mean, I, I like that analogy because I think that's, that's a big part of, of what the store does now. Where it's more, it's less, it's because some, some people are like, you know, I got, um, you know, I didn't get past what the fuck, or I'm not, I'm not getting spots there, what the fuck, or I got past, I don't deserve it, or, you know, I'm getting spots, I don't deserve it. But it's like the store. Imposter the, syndrome. And every, imposter syndrome, right. In every iteration. <laughs> but I think the store is like, what, it's like, it's like, it's a lot like a zoo where it's like, okay, what don't we have? It's like we already have a giraffe. We don't need you. We have mm. two giraffes. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like we already got we already have a lion. We already got an elephant. We want we want an animal that we don't have. Yeah. You know. So it's like because where would I put you in the exhibit next to the other flamingo? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like that, I like to be in the flamingo exhibit. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I got um, the nose. For I don't it. know. I mean, one leg up. I could do it. I think I would be. I would probably be a. Uh, probably be a. A hippopotamus. A hippopotamus is a fierce and incredible animal. Did you know that the first Egyptian pharaoh was killed hunting a hippopotamus by the hippopotamus? Word. Word. Did they kill it? He. I think they killed it, but the pharaoh didn't make it. Because hmm. that's the thing about that's the thing about a hippopotamus. That's like a they're one of the most dangerous creatures on planet Earth, and people look at him and they're like oh he's so cute like da 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 did you know it um at escobar's compound that's now like a resort they rounded up all of the animals that he had brought in there the giraffes the everything's but somebody forgot conveniently forgot the hippos that were living in the river and now there's an indigenous population of hippos well like an invading species of hippos and they have no predators and so they're just like eating up all the rainforest stuff getting fat and happy chasing people around and all because probably some guy was like some colombian was like oh i don't i don't want to deal with rounding up hippos <laughs> i don't want to that's a that is a that that is a no, six hundred pound death machine nothing, in the water. Nothing kills them. No, I mean there no, there's no natural predator there. Nothing oh. will stuff will kill them, but they're a real tough animal. Yeah, they're a real tough animal. There's no like lions, hungry, thirsty lions yeah. waiting to take them they down. They actually kill the most people. They kill the most people. But most of those, most of that is the boats getting overturned because they didn't realize the hippo was underneath it yes mostly or what what they what they find what they're finding in the the amazon is that they're they're coming up under the boats kind of intentionally in shallow water and just kind of messing with the boats oh like killing people on purpose they're kind of smart i don't they haven't killed anybody yet that's the report that i watched at that time yeah they haven't like they hadn't killed anybody yet but the villagers have gotten really good at like chasing them off but they they recognize how dangerous they really are. Yeah, because it's huge. It's, it's just, a monster of an animal. Uh, and can they swim? 
that, oh yeah, they're expert swimmers. They're way more agile, but they can also run, they can also reach a top speed of 40 miles an hour on land. No way. I know a lot of weird animal facts, man. 40 miles an hour? I think it's 40. Hold on. It's like a dog. It's like real, they can like really they they're like really crazy. You know what you know you know what else is surprisingly fast is bears. Really? Bears bears can run like a dog. Oh, I don't know if it's sense. forty miles an hour. I mean that's fast. That's really but fast. I, but it's it's pretty quick. Did you? I thought you was. I'm gonna, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. But yeah, like um, let's see, hippo top speed. That's this is a very fun part of the podcast right now. Hippo top speed. No, a polar bear can go twenty five miles an hour. I think they can get to like, oh, 19 miles an hour. I exaggerated. Yeah, but, here, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it's. It was 30 kilometers per hour. That's mm. my brain was like. But but, it, but for me, it's like, because what's the, what's the, what is the. Uh, 19 miles an hour is pretty, pretty crazy. Because what's the average human That's top my speed? top speed cycling. <laughs> that's like about how, that's like my average speed when I cycle. <laughs> no way. The average human top speed is 28 miles per hour? Yeah. No way. We're fast. I don't believe it. A human Humans could perhaps run as fast as 40 miles per hour. Wow. A new study suggests such a feat would leave in the dust the world's fastest runner, Usain Bolt, who has clocked nearly 28 miles per hour in 100 meters. Well, no. Well, that's the top speed. No, what's the average speed? The average speed. <laughs> okay, 15.9. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So... It, you know, and I and I'm probably I'm probably coming in at 13 unless I'm scared. Maybe, <laughs> maybe 15. So I got like, a hip injury, so I'm right, coming in so at it, nine. It doesn't matter how fast animals are; if they over 15, you dead. You dead. And, and even if even <laughs> even if you faster than that, they got the stamina to just run forever. Forever. And they have adrenaline and hormones coursing through their body that we have the same thing going, but they've got enough to run a hippo. Yeah, and they shitty at making deals, so you can't like talk your way out of you it. You can't talk your way out of a hippo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. But why would a hippo? Animal. But a hippo wouldn't chase you, would they? They what they do? You know when they show pictures of them with their little ears kind of flip flapping in the water. Mm-hmm. That what they're doing is that they're letting the things on the shore know, like, hey, I see you. And I will come out of this water and I will chase you. This is my territory. They're highly territorial animals. Um, yeah. This is what I got. Well, literally just like watched a Vice News thing on Escobar's hippos the other day. So, <laughs> you know who I'm fascinated with right now? Mm. That, um, I was just talking about this on somebody else's podcast, actually. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Elizabeth uh, Warren. Shoe. No, not Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> no, no, the evil Elizabeth. The um, evil Elizabeth? Queen Elizabeth? No. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes? Who's Elizabeth Holmes? So she she started a company called... Um, and she's evil? What the fuck is it? I mean, maybe evil is a, a strong word, but she she's definitely a sociopath. She started a company called Theranos. And basically, like she was, she was, she was obsessed with Steve Jobs to the point where, like, she dressed like him. She gave presentations like him, like the big Apple presentations. Whoa! She dropped out of college at nineteen. Whoa! And she talked all these rich people into investing in her company because she claimed that she could basically take one. She she was inventing a machine that would take a drop of blood or a little vial of blood, uh-huh. and and run like two hundred tests with it. Instead oh. of you having to give like twenty vials of blood, it would that's be not like how that works. Finger. 
Well, it's definitely not how it worked right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, but the thing is, it's like Silicon Valley was so caught up in the, because um, the HBO documentary is about to come out about her, but I, oh, there's already nice. mad documentaries on YouTube or, okay. or, or like little short mini docs. But she, because you can, basically like you can learn computers from a young age. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can go, yeah. you can actually be a tech person that like drops out of college and yeah. and knows your shit. Yeah. But you can't just you can't be a doctor. You can't drop out of college and know right. medical shit. You gotta right. like do that for years and years and years right. and years. You know. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like dropping out of school and 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 and, uh, and being like the foreman on a construction site. It's like you can't just <laughs> you can't just get it. You know. Yeah. Just so you. It's like becoming a, a comedian coming to L. A. and being like, "Where is my TV show?" Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so she so she talked to those people and she was just a master at bullshitting people. I mean, she ended up becoming like, she ended up being worth like $9 billion. Wow. And this, and just pissed it all away because <gasps> she was lying. So he's, she's like the fire, fire festival guy. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Except on a much grander scale. And, but the penalty, so her trial, it hasn't happened yet. I don't think her criminal trial hasn't happened yet, but her, but she was banned by the FCC. What was it? The, what is it? No, no, no. The FEC. She was banned by the FEC, Federal Exchange Commission. Oh. From she can't be the CEO of a company for like ten years or something like that. Whoa. Like that was her penalty. And even so, she got caught by the same way Enron got caught. The same way, yeah. Um, Bernie Madoff got caught. You know, just from just from some reporter going, "Wait a minute, how come no one's ever seen?" <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just asking one simple question yeah. that everyone else was just afraid to ask. Yeah, and and you can sell a bill of goods. Because well, yeah. what she would do is she would bring in like celebrity guests. She brought in like mm-hmm. Joe Biden. You know what I mean? She would bring in these people and she would prick their finger and then and then continue the tour. And then they and then when they left the lab, they would take that blood and run it in in a real machine. So they could oh. give them results at the end of the tour, and they would be like, "Wow!" This is the first season of Battlestar Galactica, by the uh, way, when they try to make the Cylon detector. Mm-mm. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, I can't. For some reason, I can't find that because I've never sat down and watched it. Watched it. It's on Hulu right now. Well, I don't have Hulu. I have Amazon Prime and HBO. It was on Prime for a minute. What what I, all I see is the I see the mini thing. The mini thing. The or the it's like a mini series. The mini series, that's where uh, you start. Those are the first three def- episodes. And well, and I and I loved the prequel. Yes. A, a lot of people hated it, but I loved it. But you it got, saw the prequel, but it got canceled. Oh, it was called you liked, uh, Galactica. No, you it was liked called, uh, uh, Caprica. Caprica, yeah. Whoa. I loved Caprica. Yeah, I was such because you know a sci-fi channel has this weird habit of like making dope shit and then just canceling it the coolest shows the fans turned on it so hard i was a bit i was a Battlestar fan and then i was like already for caprica and it bummed me out well see that well see that's but but fans aren't objective because i i had no i had had no stake in it i had no horse in the race i was just like oh this is cool i like sci-fi shit and then and and i didn't realize until a, a little into it that it was the prequel to Battlestar Galactica because because yeah. I'm still I'm still aware of Battlestar Galactica yeah. like I know what a Cylon is and all yeah. that so I didn't realize until ways into the show what it was about but but it was already good it was a good show it's you would love it yeah they, but they just yeah you're right fans ruin everything because they want everything exactly how they want it you know and it's like it ain't they, 
it ain't yours till it's created. I think you'll have some empathy for the Battlestar fans when you finally watch it because it ends so it it really it really ends well. It like it goes through they put you through so much. It's and like it, and it ends well. And it ends well. Well, yeah, but then what? What if? What's the problem with Caprica? They, I don't know. They just well because for me it wasn't going anywhere. It just like wasn't. The for, the pacing of Battlestar Galactica is relentless. Yeah, because it's, because but here's the problem though. Yeah, is just just like with the Star Wars prequel, right? Yeah, when everyone already knows how it's going to end. Yeah, like everyone knows what it's leading to because it's leading to the beginning of the story. I think right? a prequel was a mistake. I think they should have picked up some other point of the story, hmm. like either yeah. a parallel timeline wow. or a different perspective, pulled a bean situation. But it was cool. It was cool. It I mean, was pretty. It was but it pretty to look it at. It didn't end. It didn't end. Just, just like I liked, I liked the new Stargate, the uh, the Stargate SG, uh, well, not SG one. What was it? It, it is what it was. SG one. No, the, I think it no is Stargate, Stargate Universe. Ooh. Or what, what, what the fuck was Stargate? it? Stargate, like the new, the very newest. Oh, Stargate. and they just ended that, right? Well, they the, well that was a prequel too, oh. and it was great. They came, they came out with one that uh went where it was like the, they had just discovered uh the Stargates, and no, it wasn't. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. It wasn't a prequel. It was. What was it? Was it a prequel? No. Anyway, they they discovered a ship. They discovered the basically they dis, they discovered a Stargate to a ship. Oh, to the ship that planted the Stargates on all the planets. Oh, well, that's a fun plot. I yeah. like that. Yeah. And then and then the and then and they were trying to learn how to control that ship. And then and then the, the ship the ship like took the fuck off. Like the start, they had a start they led them to the, to the ship and then the ship. So it went like event horizon style and just like a walt. Well, no, it's because it was programmed to, uh. it was programmed to, to just keep going. And every time it found a planet with, that could possibly seed life, it would drop a Stargate. Whoa. So it, it had just been going around the universe forever. And they finally found some, so no it couldn't have been a prequel so they finally found a stargate like a special one oh. that went to the ship oh and 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 then the people and then for some reason oh oh when they first when they activated it that that planet was getting attacked so they couldn't go back so oh. so the, everyone that was on the ship was stuck on the ship yeah and the ship ain't never gonna stop moving so and they can they can always go to planets that have a gate that they're nearby you know okay that's uh, fascinating so yeah and then and the thing when it when it runs out of fuel it it goes through a star and fills up on fuel they can just go through a star yeah it was dope and then they canceled it after like i think two seasons bring it back sci-fi is the worst fucking channel like like <laughs> they're ruthless i would it's never on sci-fi <laughs> i would never sign i would never do make a show for that channel because they just are relentless they will can- and, then, and then and then we get a fucking sharknado every year and they <laughs> get a new sharknado yeah. with a gigantic billboard on sunset boulevard yeah. well before i moved before i lived here i didn't understand why t- why channels will cancel good shows Mm. You know, or shows that are getting good ratings, and it's like because what it is is a lot of times it's not always this, yeah. But a lot of times the 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 um the the deal that the writers have, yeah, 
gets way more expensive when you hit that second and third and fourth and fifth season. You know what I mean? Right. So even though it's a hit show, the, the network thinks it's going to cost too much to make, so they cancel it. Yeah. Or they sell it to some other network, you know? There's a moment in Battlestar Galactica where the writers start playing chicken with the... Uh playing chicken with the network because they're asking, they're sending a lot of studio notes and they're asking for a lot of uh, standalone episodes. And there's four or five episodes in the second season <laughs> that are easily, or the third season, I think it's the third season that are easily the worst pieces of television in the best, like sandwiched in the best show. <laughs> and you could, uh, they basically titled the episode studio notes. Like they were so aggressively <laughs> bad. And then they were like, okay, can you let us go back to doing our jobs? And then they just go right back to it. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's 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 weird. See, that that's another thing that makes me nervous about Hollywood, too, is because, you know, it's like every, the people with the money, you're always beholden to them in some way until you have big major clout. You know what I mean? Right. And so much of this is... It's the perfect. It's the perfect example of like those those you, those college kids that what their parents were paying for them to get into these colleges, right? Because those those it's like it's like the people here they think because they've been for been around for so long that they know what's dope, and they and they deserve and, and they don't and, and it's it like, to be at the top like, of the pack, yeah. Right, and it's like you just been around for so long because there's no way to get rid of you. Yeah, there's you're you're entrenched. That doesn't mean you're doing a great job. Yeah. You know, it, it just it just means there's no one else. You've made it so no one else can do your job. So we don't know if, if you're the best at it. You right. probably aren't. Right. You know? And I mean, so so it's 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 like the, some of those executives and shit, they really be thinking they know what's best. They really think they right. do. And it's like, then what then why the fuck did you go get me? Why aren't you writing a TV show? Right. If you yeah. If you if you so fucking hilarious, you right? Know, or you, <laughs> but it's like they you can't say that, you know, you because it's their money. So it's, so it's ultimately like, well, I might piss you off that you mm-hmm. gotta listen. To, it's like it's their money. I really, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a podcast recommendation. Shout out to you must remember this on Slate. It's all about old Hollywood and the dynamics of that, and it's the stories of the people that were like actually in it. It's you must re- remember this is what yeah, it's called. It's really cool. You also have a fantastic podcast, right? Um, I mean, I don't know how fantastic it it's is, pretty but it, great. It, it does exist. Promote it while you're looking for that. I'll send it to you. Don't even worry about it. I got you. Um, no, I can because I have my podcast app. <laughs> so it's called. You must, you must remember, remember this. Oh shit! No, you getting a call? Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's weird great ring but i don't know who that is probably a bill collector like a, a cold caller no but google has this thing where it'll screen your oh. calls you push screen call and it'll say hey the person you reach wants to know who the fuck this is maybe that's the king of hollywood calling to give you a tv show who knows well all they said was yeah yeah <laughs> With all that in mind, with your your history, because I feel like both you and I came in to sort of L.A. and Hollywood and what we do with a whole life that existed before this. How do you make decisions in the world that you're in now? That's an amazing ringtone. Okay, hold on. I'm not cutting Sorry. any of those out. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Brian. How are you? Who's this? Oh, what's up? Okay, cool. Okay. 
I'll pause it. Hey, what's what's up, Rach? So we're back. What um, what's been the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself in your journey? Oh, we were talking about decision making. How do you make decisions with all this stuff? Hmm. Decisions? Yeah. Oh, what kind of decisions? I don't know. Life decisions. Well, you know, um, for me, I'm constantly thinking about um about my peace of like whatever whatever brings me the most peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Is usually the decision is usually help you know like when because I feel like when you know where your priorities are, if you think about your priorities all the time, then when you have to make a choice, the choice is easy. Mm. You know, so I'm always thinking about what's 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 most important. Okay, so that I don't have to do that when I have a tough decision to make. You know, you're one of the you coined a thing that I keep in the back of my head a lot, which is focus on the funny and everything will be okay. Yeah, even though I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> but see if it's working out for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I mean by that is, I mean, I made my mind. I made my mind up years ago that this is what I was doing. So all I can do is be, is try to be try to be good to work on my stand up. Yeah, and whatever, I, cause whatever, whatever I get out of all this is going to be from that, right? So I don't need to, um, you know. I, well, I mean, I still do, but it's easier for me to talk myself out of stressing about whether somebody picked me or wants to meet me or, mm-hmm. you know, because right. none, none of that matters. I mean, it matters, but it's not. It's not. It's not my self worth. It's not my value right. based on whether I got into a festival or got passed at the store. You know what I mean, or something like that. It's like because that's completely beyond outside of my control, and most of those decisions are up to people that don't know the fuck they're talking about anyway. Yeah, I think that's your your superpower is that you've done you've done the work. Before and after I ever met you, but like you've done the work to to know that your self worth is outside of this seemingly arbitrary and kind of kind of um, insane system that we live in. You know, like you you understand that you're it's whatever happens externally doesn't make you a good or a bad person. You're already a good person. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. There's such thing as good people, <laughs> you know. It's true, there's people. There's people that fight their demons and people that don't. That's true. You know, and you can you can you can literally be the other thing in a drop of a hat. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. What has been the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself as you fought those demons? Um, I think. Hmm. I've learned that I'm not over I've learned that sometimes there's no there's no cure for what ails you, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you have to manage it. You have to learn how to deal with it rather than looking for something to solve it, you know, because that thing doesn't exist. 
it's just a part of you of who you are you know it's like trying to yeah you know it's like trying to uh you know trying to un trying to unmix the the batter you know it's like you already Mm. you already put that shit in it's in there you know and so yeah you have to accept my i've I've just learned to accept my flaws first you have to learn to admit them right then you got to learn to accept them then you got to learn to deal with them because they're not going to go away right you know it's like that's i feel like the sooner i the 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 you know because like i know i know like i have an issue um with intimacy i have an issue being close to people Mm. you know and and but it's it's this weird thing because i I don't know i think a lot of foster children do this or former foster youth do this where they where it's like you want actually i think a lot of people do this with whatever their problem is it's like you want the thing you want the thing that will soothe you but you so used to being in the opposite condition that when you get close to it, it's, you're, it's uncomfortable, you know, oh, so yeah. you push it away. So it's like, you want, you want to, I want to be close to people, yeah. but as I get closer to people, I'm not used to, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I don't like it, <laughs> you know? Right. And then most, most people are shit. So it's like, most people make it easy <laughs> to, to be like, fuck off, you know? But but it's like I try not. I'm trying. I try so long to like not do that. To, yeah. You know. But then that that. But then I ended up like leaving people in my life that weren't worth the investment. You know. Yeah. So now maybe I'm swung too far the other way. But now I'm quick to cut a motherfucker off. Well, um, I think you know. I think having boundaries is important. I think knowing like what what you want to bring into your life. I understand that. I understand that. There's definitely a lot of big changes I've had to make, especially because I was pretty naive in certain ways when I first started doing stand up, and I've had to like realign a lot of boundaries and some of those friendships didn't survive. And that's fine because the boundaries are what's important, but a lot of it had to do with, and also struggling last year, I had to kind of surrender to the fact that like, my anxiety disorder was getting worse and mm. everything I was doing was not making it any better. The yeah. exercise, the diet, there was no way I could like work my way around it. I finally had to like see a doctor. And, um, and so I understand that it's like accepting the, like accepting that like, okay, this isn't, and it's not even a flaw. You know what I mean? It's just a part of my brain. that's a little out of control sometimes, yeah. but it also makes me an interesting thinker. You know, some of the funniest, some, there are some really funny thoughts that come out of that part of my brain. You know, I don't act on them because I know what they are, but I might say them on stage because they're very funny. I get, I've, uh, I've also learned to keep my, like I keep my cool very well. Yeah, you you do. I don't really, I don't very rarely do I lose my composure, but that's, but that was, that's learned. I was, I've, uh, Cause, cause during most of the time that I've been a comic, I've been a door, a doorman, or a security, or a bouncer, or whatever you want to call right. it. Right. And your coworkers are comedians, and mm, no, no. Um. Well, for for three or four years, I was at a comedy club in San Diego, and then for the last year and a half or two years, um, I was at an Irish pub. <laughs> we're in a bar backslash doorman and I've just learned that most of the time if you just keep if you keep calm 
that's more disarming than you being scary. That's true. You know, then you trying to like yell and scream and puff up and escalate. That's true. Um, um, I find that with my little customer service gig a lot. People be really, really escalated and I'll yeah. just go. Okay. Also, like if you keep a slapjack in your back pocket, it also helps you keep calm. <laughs> Great. Amazing. What's one thing about how do you experience fear and anxiety? What do you mean? How do I experience it? Like, what's your experience of it? Like, do you either what brings it up or how do you deal with it? Or is this a checklist? It's 12 questions. It's always the same 12 questions. Oh, it is. Oh, mm-hmm. it was like, how the fuck you know about heart? I don't see you with no piece of paper. I've been doing this for for like three years. Okay. I know these questions better than a lot of things. <laughs> how do I experience anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, mm, a lot of it is me having a, a, a very briefly. Okay. Because um, a lot of it is the only things that I can't, that cause me the most anxiety are when I don't know what to do or when there isn't an, an, an answer that makes sense. Mm, mm-hmm. you know, things that don't make sense get under my skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You and I both have a similar low tolerance for a certain type of <laughs> bullshit that comes out of people. When people mm-hmm. stop making sense, you're like, okay, you're not making sense. Yeah, because that means you're lying. You're trying to get over on me. Yeah, you either, you lying, here. either lying or you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. And either way, yeah. probably should close your mouth. Yeah. I learned that from Judge Judy. Right? Mm-hmm. She's truly the best. I watched a lot of Judge Judy growing up. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Judge Judy and all my children. Um, I remember my, my stepmom first got a, uh, when she first got a job. Um, first got a job. <laughs> that makes it sound so bad. Um, but I remember when she first decided, like, she needed to start making her own money. You know? Right. She, and she was, so she started. So, so, but for like the longest time we were, we were, she was always home. So she was, you know, I don't know what she did when we were school, but obviously she watched soap operas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember when she first started going back to work, she, uh, she, I don't know if our VCR broke or what the fuck it was, but she, but she made us watch. Uh, all my children for her and tell her what happened. And she made all three of she wanted all three of us to <laughs> yeah she wanted all three of us to watch it, you know, so she could get the whole story. Like she would have us all tell her the story, and it's just because you know kids forget shit and mix shit up. And, yeah. So she would just piece to, piece it all together from the three uh, three different accounts of it. That's a really yeah. powerful storytelling like skill. That's, that's when, fascinating. Yeah, well that's when I got obsessed with revenge. <laughs> I love I love revenge. And I'm I'm serious, I'll never forget it. It was the season, it was the season where the I forget the the, the actor's name, but I'm sure he won an award because he was playing two people. He was playing him he was playing himself and his twin brother and his twin brother was like this blithering idiot like kind of slow and and he was like this this like donald trump type like millionaire ruthless um type dude so it was like and 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 it was like like 
you it was convincing that it was two people you know even though they yeah. they, they looked the same but their their his man the man the, the mannerisms and shit was so on point that that you would i forget what the the uh he was it, given. oh it was adam and stewart yes yeah, stewart <laughs> stewart was the was the slow brother <laughs> and they were twins stewart was the slow brother and adam's wife was gloria now i'm oh. sure i don't even think all my children's on the air anymore <laughs> But I, think I re- it is. but I remember this season. Nah, I don't think so. No, really. Yeah. But I remember this season specifically, and it was, but it was Adam and it was Gloria, and somebody had faked their death. I forget what it what it was, but uh, but yeah, this he he acted the shit out these people. I'm surprised he didn't get into no movies or anything after that. <laughs> he was given he was given Oscar winning performance for a daytime Emmy. Uh, right. Well, yeah, because because you know what it is because there's some you know why it's because there's some fucking dinosaur executive out here that goes by some conventional wisdom that's 30 years old that's like well you can't go from daytime to the big screen because they used to they used to say that about the other way around like you can't go from the movies to tv and now people are doing it all the time right and making tons of money matthew mcconaughey made true detective people like hold the fuck up now let's right not be too hasty hbo (laughs) hbo is killing it Killing it. Killing it. You and you and Stuart, not show Stuart, but my Stuart should talk because he'll watch anything on HBO. Yeah, well, I think... H- even watch Girls. HBO has consistently... First of all, what I love about HBO is that they, they moved into the digital age smoothly. Right. Not, not that their app... Their app could be a little better. Yeah. Um, their web player could be a little better. It's... It's it's a little bare bones. Um, maybe they need to put out a couple customer surveys or something. But <laughs> but when it comes to content, they have they they put out shit with the highest production value. Mm-hmm. They were the first ones to go. Oh, our fans don't give a fuck about Directv. What if we just sell it to them? For, they'll mm-hmm. pay for it. It's like yeah, I'll pay for it. I would pay twenty dollars a month for HBO. I mm-hmm. think I think I pay fifteen. Yeah, and I cancel Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I canceled Netflix, and the only reason I have Amazon Prime is just because I get, I think shipping. It, no, I, well, it comes with all the videos that I can't get. It comes with a lot of videos and shows and stuff, but also the shipping. But also, I'm pretty sure I get an Audible credit too, mm-hmm. which I pay for anyway. So, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, HBO's killing it, and 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 they when they not only do they make shit with high production value, but then they market the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. Even the shit they make that ain't good. Yeah. They make sure everybody knows it. Like a lot of other people, a lot of other networks will fucking make some dope shit and then hide it. Like or or like right. make it make every effort so that you can't get to it. You know? Right. And it's like the internet is undefeated. But that's <laughs> that's what some of these companies don't realize. It's like cause they ain't grow up on the internet. Right. The internet is undefeated. You can't stop free. No matter what the fuck you make, it's out there for free. That's if you true. if you put it out there, it's out there for free. Stop making me come to your website and, and and tell you who my fucking cable provider is so I can watch a show. Like just give it away for free. Put some commercials in that motherfucker. Yeah. Or 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 charge five dollars a month or, mm-hmm. or or whatever it is. But stop. But that whole like oh do you you got to have Comcast to watch this Comedy yeah. Central shows like that's bullshit right that is gonna be the death of these networks It's like they keep trying to they keep trying to make money the old way and the new way instead of just embracing them the, the new, new way, way. yeah is 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 it reminds me of like um 
of like 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 what oil companies are doing. Yeah. Where it's like eventually the day is coming where it ain't gonna be no more motherfucking oil in the ground. And you're trying and they're trying to make they're trying to control the solar, they're trying to control like the renew <laughs> renewable energy. Right. They're trying to tiptoe into that and still be an oil company. Yeah. When you can't and you can't promote one without right. the without the other. So it's like you you gotta fucking make a choice, man. Yeah. Yeah, just make it. It's, yeah. But you know, anyway, I, I again I'm very new to the Hollywood thing. Me so too. so that's just what it looked like to me from the outside. I'm not on the inside, <laughs> but from the outside, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree. What's the next question? What's the next? You're like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next one. Um, I do want to. Have you watched The Price of Everything on HBO yet? The Price of Everything. No, but never mind. That's something it's an art grandma. documentary. It's really good. Something my grandma used to say. People, everybody know. The, what is it? Everybody know the price of everything and the cost of nothing. Something yeah. Like yeah. I think so. That sounds like a good grandma thing to say. Or maybe there was the value of nothing. I don't know. What's one thing about yourself you would change? The one thing about my, like, what do you mean? Like my physical or my mental or what? Um, In the program, we would call it like a character defect. Like what's the thing you're working on oh, to I would get just better? Be, I would just be way, way, way funnier. <laughs> you don't need to do that. You're already way, way, way funny. No, 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 no. You don't understand. I would, if I could change anything about myself, I would make it so that every single thought I had was hilarious and perfect and didn't need to be worked out. But would that make you a human being or would that make you some sort of comedy robot? Oh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, and plus, that's the answer I'm giving on the spot. But, but, um, but the things that I sit around wishing were different. Yeah. Um,. Um, I think I wish that I was just better at connecting with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard. I just don't want to. Like, no, it's not. It's not that I don't want to. I just, it's just not worth what I. It's it's like I like I said earlier. I'm just so used to not dealing with it that yeah. I just can't get past that point where I, I'm not willing to be as vulnerable as is required. To have, cause not, and it's not that I don't have any meaningful relationships, but it's just it's real hard. Most most of the people, most of my meaningful relationships and friendships are just people that haven't quit yet. You know what I mean? It's like people that are like, I'm sticking around. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like I make very little effort in my friendships. Not that I'm not there for you. Like if you call yeah. me, if you like, if you reach out to me and need something or need to have a a, spoo, a conversation, I'm always down to have a conversation. When I was sick, you were one of the few comics that hit me up consistently. When I had to stop being around as much as I was, you would hit me up and you would call and see yeah. how I was doing. Well, that was me trying to m making an effort, you know, because because like yeah. like I said, it's like I'm not like. I'm not emotionally cripple, you know, or, or or completely devoid of. You're not without empathy, right? I have I have plenty of empathy. I'm just um, I'm just weary. I'm just you know I'm out of. Uh, uh, it's like I can't take another L, so I just don't put myself in that position. You know, I've been let down and heartbroken and betrayed so many times not that i haven't done some of those things myself but uh, but i just don't have it i don't have it left is it just with friendship or is it also with romance both both yeah yeah i could do without either yeah 
I mean, but to be honest, I mean, I have some great friends. I, I probably wouldn't even, well, I definitely wouldn't be uh, anywhere near where I am without some of my friends. But uh, And you are a good friend. My experience of you is that you're a good friend. Yeah, I try to be. But at the same time, it's like, I don't need no new ones. You know? <laughs> you're not holding auditions. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, if, if it happens organically, it, it happens, but it's like it's like pulling teeth. It's like people are like, why you never hang out with me? It's like, it's not just you. Well, we have a lot of, there's a lot of people in our field, uh, just a lot of people in general. And then there's a lot of super needy people. And then there's some kind of manipulative people. And then there's some kind of like, we have every kind of people and we have them in abundance. And that intensity can be really exhausting. Well, and not, not just that, but it's like, but you have, you have people in abundance and then you, and, and, and also what's, what's, not unique to comedy, but was very um, was very intense in the comedy community. Is is well prevalent? That's the word I was looking for. It was very prevalent. was prevalent in the comedy community. Is is that there are people that you see a lot that you aren't friends with, but they yes. but they think you're friend. Like it's like they it's, think that that because you see each other and you're right. not mean to each other, you don't ignore each other, therefore you're friends. Exactly. It's like it's, right. like, it's like people at your job thinking you friends. Right. When it, when it's like, motherfucker, if we if either one of us got fired, I would never talk to you again. <laughs> right. You know, it's like so it's like that's not friends to me. Friends is right. friends is thick and thin. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, I guess there, there's levels to friendship, but but it's like, um, and I, um, I just don't trust people. That's really what it boils down to. And it's like, and I don't need, I don't need friends and romance to the point where I'm willing to like risk my emotional and and uh, and uh, mental stability. You know, it changes the game. You, because I'm just not willing to be that vulnerable. There's a lot. You got to be vulnerable to be in any kind of relationship or mm-hmm. friendship, you know? So it's like, and I'm just not, I don't have it. In in my own romantic relationship, I realized we were both coming into it very, very self-sufficient and pretty like emotionally contained, or at least like we had our support systems and then you end up in a relationship and you have to redefine all of that. And that's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And, and you don't sometimes, know. Sometimes I ask myself, I look over and I'm like, is this worth it? <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, it it's is. worth it. Yeah. 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 You but like I think it would be crazy if I didn't if I didn't recognize that like there was some sort of like there was sort of a freight train element to the way I was living my life prior to being in a relationship. Real, yeah. Real, Relationships yeah, yeah. make you slow down a little love bit. Love is dope. Love, love is dope. Love is dope. But love but to me that it's love. like I make a distinction between love and relationships. Love is dope. Relationships suck. <laughs> you know <laughs> That's true. love is love is money relationship is work is is a job yeah. it's like you you have to go to the job to get the money which is having money is awesome right. you know so you have to be in the relationship to get the love but that but the relationship sucks and the love is awesome yeah you know but sometimes the suck starts outweighing the love and sometimes the love disappears yeah where it's like i just don't even fuck with you like or you or sometimes that person will do some shit to make you question whether it was ever really love in the first place. You know, you like, mm. how the fuck could you do that? <laughs> you know? So, right. I've, so I've, and I've seen so much, I've seen so much f- fucked up shit happen to people relationship wise, you know? Yeah. 
It's just because most relationships, most to me, most relationships are bullshit. Like the vast majority of them. Yeah. And people are, and no one's ever willing to admit that till they're out of it. True. You know. True. I think that, but I do think if two people are willing to grow, I think that's a powerful. It's a powerful thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. Yeah. Sometimes people want to get in relationships and where the bullshit comes out is they want to stay the way it was. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, you used to do this and you used to do that. And it's like, that was two years ago or that was however long ago. And now we do this because and, we're growing out and here. I, and I think too, I think too, a lot of people have, a lot of people's idea of a relationship is like some cookie cutter shit they seen on TV. Like yeah. they think the it's, growing it's, pains generation. Right. They yeah. think that. And so they think your relationship It's like, it's, it's almost like they're playing relationship, you know, like it was like, there it's like people, some, some people want to play house. Right. It's like, they, they're like, wait a minute, we're supposed to, what, what the fuck you mean? Supposed to, we're, right. we're our own people. We can do whatever we want. We don't, right. there's not some, there's not some supposed to, you know? So, so I think, it's just like how like a lot of a lot of mostly women how like they want to get married more than they want to be married like they want to have a wedding more than they want to be married they're not yes you know what i mean and that's how i've never there's i okay listen i i do enjoy going to other people's weddings i like food i like dancing that's the reception that's not the wedding the wedding is bullshit exactly i actually i kind of like i've never been the kind of woman who's like inclined to have a wedding Ever. I've never, you know how girls think about like, oh, I want to wear like a wedding dress and da, da. never had those thoughts in my life. Yeah, never like, in you, my life. Cause, and if you, if you really gave a fuck about your friends, you'll go to the Justice of the Peace and put all that money into a buffet or something. Like a ro- get a dope taco truck. Yeah. Hire a really good like DJ or get a band to come nah, out. Fuck and a just taco party. truck. You can get, you could, you could, you could probably roast two pigs in the ground. Oh. Actually, actually, you could fuck. You could have a whole you because somebody you because like a what you spend a ten grand on a wedding minimum. Yeah. So it was like if you imagine if you just went to the justice of the peace. What's that? Two three hundred dollars because you got to go there yeah. anyway. Got to so go there. And then and you take and spend ten grand on a party. Yeah. If you really cared about your friends, or even look, fuck, spend five, spend spend two grand on the party and save the eight grand for your down payment on your house or something yeah go travel go somewhere you've never been travel actually see i'm a i'm a believer that you should probably travel before you get married see i haven't done it i didn't do a ton of traveling up until comedy i lived in a lot of fear around traveling and like now i'm like i'm going to canada for the first time i'm like i'm gonna go to canada i'm gonna go to vancouver I i think if you go to another country together and you like for a long like if yeah. you like say you go backpacking across oh, Asia yeah. or Europe or something if you could make it through through one of them long ass trips because all everything's gonna go wrong <laughs> all sorts of you're gonna have all sorts of issues you're gonna be yeah. late somebody gonna get diarrhea right. like you gonna you know you, you gonna lose a passport right. or your wallet it's like if you can make it through all that you're gonna and, get the super period right. that's and, what happens oh, yeah. to me I then get you the, come home and you, then uh-huh. you then you'll know. You'll know wh- how you gonna work on other problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because because sometimes like you gonna get mad enough where you like I'm I'm about to leave this motherfucker in Europe. You know. <laughs> the first time Stuart and I traveled together to like do comedy together, he 
it didn't go it was fine but he definitely like we had some he ended up apologizing to me he was like you were really trying to make it a special experience i bought it like a i got a skydiving trip i i was like let's do this and where'd y'all go uh, just Arizona. We were just doing little gigs in Arizona. And while I was out there, I was like, I'll get a cheap skydiving experience. And like on a day we didn't have gigs, we went and skydived. It was it was great. And he didn't want to do that? No, he got really, really nervous. It was a control thing, I think. Anyway, like six months later, he totally apologized. He was like, I did not do that right. And then recently, we just did like a week in Portland together. And he was like, how do I make... I want to make amends for that time when you tried to make it really special. How do I make it really special for you? And y'all are so gay. I know we're gross. And you know what? It was great. And I realized I was like, we travel together really well. Mm. Like we, the only thing is like, he was a little cranky with in the airport. Cause he had to be wheeled around cause of his bum leg. Oh, is that still hurting? Uh, it was better. It's better now, but you know, he's doing the physical therapy, but at the time it was like, even before the physical therapy could even start. So he was still on a cane and stuff. And, um, so he had to be wheeled through the airport. He'd get a little crabby then, but in general it was totally fine. And like it, but what I realized is the key for me is to get up in the morning and to go do something by myself. So I would get up in the morning and I would get us both coffee and tea and come back. And like, it worked. It was just all about like figuring out like self-regulation. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, something in my last relationship, you know, what was really, what was really special for me was to be left alone. Yeah. But some people don't take that well. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was like, what would make it special for you? If you would leave me the fuck alone just all day (laughs) or just most of the day, just give me, (laughs) give me some alone time. Sometimes I have to, sometimes I'll look at him and I'll say, Babe, why don't you go on the road so I can miss you? Like, go go book some gigs. I want to miss you. Like, I want to miss you. Like, like so, there's something nice about... I'm I'm an only child, and I come from a lot of chaos and trauma, too. And sometimes I like to sleep by myself. Like, sometimes I just like to... I value my alone time. Like, if these two guys are out of... Like, if Stuart and Luke are out of the... Out, out doing gigs or spending time, and they're alone... Like, I am get a whole weekend alone in this house, I never leave. yeah i'm the same i like go away sometimes i'll call my friends and be like hey that this is literally what happened they were gone for a week both of them and i would call my program friend and he'd be like i'd be like you know what time it is he'd be like what i'd be like it's 10 30 i've done my gigs i'm at home i'm in pajamas it's 10 30 and he'd be like good for you Mm. (laughs) and like just celebrate being alone yeah being alone is dope it's it's nice well because it's recharge time Right. For me, I'm an extrovert and an empath, so I have to recharge, but I love being around people. So I have to balance it. I have to be super smart about I, it. I don't know if I'm a, I don't know if I'm either one of those things. I mean, I'm definitely something. Um I mean, I I like being alone. I mean, I don't mind being around people. I do have to like remind myself to do that though sometimes. It's important. Yeah, cause being cause being alone is dope, but it's and it's but it's like one of the things where like too much of it isn't good for you. No, you yeah, because you you can go from oh I need to be alone to recharge, and then next thing you know it's been three days and you haven't showered, and you're like oh <laughs> I'm not alone, I'm depressed. And then you gotta dig out of that hole. And you've battled a lot with depression. Yeah, I still do. Yeah. What do you like? And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. What What's your experience of forgiveness? You said you love revenge. What's your experience forgiveness. of forgiveness? Um, 
know, man. It, it, it It's very... Because because I start with understanding. Yeah. Like I try to understand. Because like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. So I try to understand people, you know. Um, I try to understand where you're coming from or how you might have made a mistake. But but most of it comes to whether you whether you are remorseful, you know. Right. Or, I mean, whether it's genuine, you know. Right. Because because if you try to play me i'm not gonna forgive you you know it's like if i feel like because it's like because it's like it's it's like it's different like if you did something in the spur of the moment Hmm. a crime of passion right or or or, or anything yeah it's like if you did something in the spur of the moment or out of desperation or something like that and i can understand that then yeah i can forgive you Mm -hmm. but if you like plotted and schemed and planned and and fucked me over uh, no no you you because you're you're not you that's not real empathy you just a sociopath like you know how to look you know how to like act remorseful right. but you ain't really remorseful what's the difference between first degree and second degree murder first degree is i planned it second degree is it happened um no no well it happened is manslaughter oh manslaughter yeah yeah Manslaughter is like when you didn't, like you kill somebody, like you didn't intend to kill nobody, yeah. But you still intended to harm them, and you were so you were reckless enough that it could have killed them. It'd be like if somebody tried to hurt my cat, and then it was like suddenly I'm I'm Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. No, 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 <laughs> no. That because that would be that's that's second degree murder. That's second degree murder. The, it, manslaughter would be like if. If somebody tried to hurt your cat and you like get the fuck out of my house and pushed them out the door uh, and they fell and hit their head and and, uh, and had a sh- stroke and died, oh it's no. like you wasn't you didn't intend to kill them, yeah. But what? But you did intend to harm them and that harm caused them to die. Got it. Or um, you really did watch Judge Judy a lot. Uh, well, Judge never Judge Judy never did no murder <laughs> shit. Um, but then you you uh, but then second degree murder is like. You intended to kill them, yeah, but it wasn't premeditated. Like, you know, you got to a heated argument, you know, and you just and you, and you just pulled out a gun and shot them. And you were like, "That's a wrap." Oh, yeah, or you took or you beat them in the head with a baseball bat. Oof. You know, and then first degree murder is like you basically a hitman, yeah, or, something. or you set somebody up, or you've been slowly poisoning them over years. Yeah, yeah, because see, it's, it's, for me, it's just like it just depends on what category of human I put you in. Like, I have, I have, I have, I have three buckets in my head and it's like there's people that i don't care either way they're 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 are like good genuine soul hum, humans yeah and then there's fucking scumbag pieces of shit that like don't deserve sympathy or empathy and if i want you in that scum bucket um i don't care what happens to you and i don't want your i don't want your fucking apologies I don't mm-hmm. got I don't got no apologies for I don't got no sympathy for you no no uh, forgiveness none of that it's like so it's like yeah if I believe you're evil I can, I, I I just can't in fact I might actively wish bad things on you okay so you struggle yeah. with forgiveness in that category yeah because I did because because there's certain shit that you that you do with you where it's like I, it's I can't believe that your sorry means anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you if you plot and scheme, you know, or you like you one of those people that you like you steal money from old ladies, like you or you you right. you run con schemes or you fucking uh, you fucking sell 
you know, little girls into slavery and shit like that. Like you ain't what you what, what you apologizing for? Right. You literally been doing you. You know, it's like it ain't like you you got caught up. Yeah. Or, or maybe you did. I don't know. Maybe maybe you did. But it's like if you if you the mastermind behind some kind of you know or, or like you let some you let some product go out and you know it's poison and it killed ten people's kids or something. It's like, right. Like I don't forgive you. Nah. Hmm. What is your the weirdest apology you've ever made? The weirdest apology I've ever made? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't know that any of them ever been weird. Or like difficult um, ones or difficult. Let me see. Uh, interesting ones. Weirdest thing I've ever apologized for. Um, I don't know. Weirdest thing. Nothing strange. Um, I, I definitely I apologize to my I apologize to my dad, even though it's still debate. I begrudgingly, um, but uh, I don't know. Why was it begrudging? Um, just because it was like it, uh, when, like when I my, the second time I ended up in foster care, I, it was because you know through various events he. It ended up just being he and I living together. Mm. His his uh, his other two kids was with my stepmom with their mother, and uh, and they I don't know if they were divorced yet, but they were split up, and it was just me, he and I because I was his biological kid, not hers, right? So, but uh, <laughs> but he used to work all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my, that's one thing I'll never say bad about my dad. Like, he ain't a lazy motherfucker. You know what yeah. I mean? He, he would work, he would work four or five jobs if he had to. Um, But I think that's mostly because he loved pussy. <laughs> he loves pussy and money. But he, so, but he, um, so like, when I, got, like, he would work from, he would work from eight, from, uh, you know, he would basically, he would get home from work right when I was leaving for school. Okay. At 8 a.m. or something like that. And then he would leave for work right before I got home. So you never saw him? Hardly ever. Hardly ever saw him. Like I would see him for maybe like 30 minutes at a time. Maybe How old were you? I was, I don't know, 12 or 13. Oh, my gosh. And he, and anyways, so I remember one time, I don't know what the fuck it was, but I remember, I remember realizing because when it was all of us lived, because it was the same house we all lived in. Yeah. At, at, at one point. And, and I remember, um, I remember one day discovering that he had a lock on his door, on his room door. And when all, when all of us lived there, he never locked the door. So, so it, it was like it was it was clearly that he was sending the message to me. It was a trust issue that he didn't trust me, which told me I don't I don't trust him. So I'm like, now what's on the other side of this door? You right. know what I mean? Right. And it was nothing. And I and I and uh and and so um I obviously I figured out how to get in the room, and and I remember finding this uh. 
this big ass giant tub of chocolates. <laughs> it was it was huge, and and it, and and the 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 top of it was shrink was shrink sealed. Whoa! And um, but I I figured out how to screw the top and the plastic together so I could take it the whole thing off Whoa. and take chocolates out and put it back on and it'll still look like it was sealed up. But of course, it's like for some some reason, like your dumb kid brain <laughs> thinks that is it's so much easy to convince yourself of your own bullshit right, right. Kid. <laughs> and and you know and of course if i had been if i had just taken three or four chocolates yeah it would be nothing but i but i every day i convince myself eh, you know because you know what it is is i didn't realize my father ain't looking at this every day right he's gonna he he he's looking at it you know he like noticed it once a week so to him it's so to me even though me just taking one chocolate every day was a gradual change that looked the same but to him to him he yeah so that's what happened one day he looked at that motherfucker and was like what the fuck and i think he just he's he suspected but he didn't know so then what happened is i I noticed that when I whenever when I would break into the room, he had put he he had put a little piece of paper oh. up up in the top of the door to see it to see if it fell when he came. So basically, like if it didn't fall when he came home, he knew that it was on the other side of the door. Oh. You know what I mean? Because it it wasn't like a it wasn't like a little piece of paper. It was like it was like a heavy one that would make a sound when it hit the ground. You know, so if he didn't hear it fall when he came in, he knew right. that I had been in his room, right? But by I, the way, this is all some like very eighties parent fucking bullshit oh yeah you're yeah, describing yeah. my parents did the exact same kind of crazy shit where it yeah. was like no i want my space and it's like you haven't been present for this whole process <laughs> fuck you i'm looting this room right well it was just it was just one of them things where you know what it is is like because i'm like my dad isn't my dad isn't a bad person yeah but he just wasn't he wasn't like being being a dad wasn't his thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was like he just wasn't because he wasn't he wasn't uh, he wasn't like particularly abusive or okay. any of that stuff. He yeah. was just not concerned with me at all. You know what I mean? It was just, right. It was just like here's food. Leave. Don't do anything to make me have to leave work. <laughs> you know and, and, and right don't and, get me in trouble <laughs> yeah and, and the thing is when it was just when it was just me when it was me him and my stepmom and my brothers and sister there it was like i realized it was like i didn't notice how little he yeah was concerned about me you didn't realize the vacuum until then. right because yeah. so so it was, it was like when it was just me me and him it was like I, some some part of me i don't know where my little ego came from but some part of me took offense to it i was just yeah. like like i, I like, did that too i'm telling yeah, you my like, parents how, divorced yeah. at about that age and like, i remember how dare, how dare how you dare you like lock a door <laughs> as if i'm gonna steal something from exactly. you exactly we, we don't even have shit to steal <laughs> And and so the thing is, I don't I don't think he realized that like the the locking of the door is yes what, is what it's the rejection right exactly it's the physical rejection right it's like how dare yes. you how dare you not be yes. here ninety nine percent of the time and then still say fuck you from 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 like away from me exactly you know, from a distance so that's what it was and anyway 
one day he came home and you know it just it was just clear to him that I had taken some of these chocolates you know what I mean <laughs> and and I remember because because that's a, that's a, that's the thing too is every once in a blue moon he would just pop up at a time that he normally would wouldn't come home mm-hmm. you know every once in a blue moon because normally he was gone like I said he would go to work when I when I went to school and come home yeah I mean he would come home when I went to school and go to work right before I came home right but every once in a blue moon he would just pop up like you know, a few hours after I got home or something like that. You know what I mean? So this one night he just popped up because he would try to catch me doing something, you know, or he, yeah. it's, you know, and this one night he just popped up. And that's another thing. I wasn't allowed to go outside. You know, not that I, ne- not that I never did, but I, w- I wasn't allowed to go outside. I wasn't allowed to have Whoa. company. Right. So it was like. So not, you were just alone. I was just alone all the time. Yeah. And well, I wasn't, when it was all of us standing there, it was, it was me and my brother and yeah. sister and we were alone all the time. You know, and every now and then we would go outside and get caught or get in trouble, but it was like a big deal. Anyway, so one time he just popped up and I'm and and he, and he comes out of his room with the jar, and I remember sitting there eating eating his TV dinner, and I remember him saying, "I forget what he asked me, but it was like, you know what happened to these chocolates or something like that." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah. And he and he was like, you think I'm fucking stupid? <laughs> And I don't know what my response was, but it was something smart ass like, you know, if the shoe fits or something like that. Yeah. And I don't know why the fuck I said that because there's nothing. My dad was he he came up boxing, you know what I mean? So it was like, mm-hmm. like he was legendary in our family and in the, in the street in the, in the neighborhood he grew up in. His hands was 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 legendary status. Now I never seen the nigga fight nobody, but everybody was afraid to fight him, you know. My so dad was, like, was the same. But he was way. he was he was skinny. He was tall, skinny. And the and he he spanked me before, right? But but it was something about the way I brushed him off because because it, it was it wasn't just what I said, it was the way I said it. Like yeah, I, I, like basically my body language was nigga, who the fuck are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean a TV dinner. <laughs> you're gonna come over here and try to dad me right now? Get right, out of here! Right, and and, and he he took such a huge offense to that. Yes. And I I don't know what I don't remember what the next thing that happened, but I remember being yoked up against the wall. He was strong as a motherfucker. Like yeah. I couldn't believe it. He was so strong, like so much stronger than me. And I, and and I wouldn't have guessed that at all. At, at, you know, at thirteen, of course he was way stronger than me. But but it was just like he was way stronger than he should. Still, he was way stronger than he should have been. Yeah. At his size, but he was just all muscle. Just. Right. Yeah, because he, he had me. Cause you he know, had you, fight muscle. You never see nobody. No, he had me up against the wall by my neck with one hand. You know what I mean? And you that's hard to do. That's hard for me to do now. With, mm-hmm. You know, but and he and it was just straight from the ground to the wall. It wasn't no struggle. <laughs> just what the f- yeah, and, and, and as a matter of fact, it was from the chair. So the, it, it, So there was furniture in the way. Oh, yeah. That furniture yeah. moved. He, he grabbed me from behind the chair by my neck. And picked and picked me all so my feet never mm-hmm. touched the floor. I went from the chair all the way all the way to like maybe ten feet and up against the wall. You know yeah. What I mean? and, and, and he was like, fuck you say whoa, 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 whoa. And but me, but see, I've always I was like defiant as fuck. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So cause my attitude was always like, Oh, it don't matter if you it don't matter if you beat me up, if you beat me uh-huh. right now, because if you as long as you don't kill me, I'm going to get you, motherfucker. That's right. always been, like I told you, revenge. Yep. And so, 
and so th- that's what it was. He he got he got he 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 screamed at me, and I got and I think he he was afraid he was gonna hurt me. Yeah, because he was so angry. Yeah, so he just threw me in my room and closed the door. I was like, "Don't you come out of there, fucking room?" And I said, "Don't you go to sleep tonight, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the cops came. So he called the cops, and that's when I that's that's when I went into foster care that night Whoa. for the second time. So so I I had been I had been in foster care from like the age of five to like eleven, Whoa. and then he came and got me out of foster care, and then I went back into foster care again at twelve or thirteen. I had a very similar situation. And I, my parents did not, I think my grandma, somebody stepped in to stop my parents from calling the police. Because what happened was, same thing, got an argument with my dad, defiant as fuck. He threw me against a wall oh, with like one hand. My stepmom said she had never seen another person, including her ex-husband, ever not be afraid of my dad other than me. I would just stare at him straight in the face like, you're not fucking intimidating me. Meanwhile, on the inside, I'm like, this is terrifying. But on the outside, I was just like, fuck you, buddy. Throws me in my room. And instead of yelling, I'm going to get you, motherfucker, I waited. And I put laundry soap in their coffee creamer. Mm. And I sent them all to the hospital. They all went to the hospital? Hell yeah! They kept shitting themselves. (laughs) Did they did they ever figure out why? Yeah. How they know they the, they like, found like residue. I like put some in the cups and stuff. I want to really because your twelve year old brain, you're like, I want to make sure that they really yeah. get them. I'm Dennis the Menace. That's what I'm you're da- Dennis the Menace. Their ass. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's crazy, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you ended up in the foster care system over chocolate. Like you were being a kid. Yeah. That's well, what kids it was, do. It wasn't really over chocolate. It was more. It was way more to it than to the story. It's a that. defiance thing. Well, I don't think my dad. I don't think he really. I don't think he wanted me to be. I don't think he wanted to have me as his son. I think he. Yeah. My my stepmom is the one that made him go get me out of foster care because she was like, your your all your kids should be together. You know. Yeah. And then so he made her go get me. And then, and then she left him because of me. Well, not because of me, actually, but the the a fight me and her got into started a fight between them that like brought all the all the bullshit they had been not talking about for years oh. to the surface. And so, you know, so me and you know, it was like me and her got into a fight. I left, went moving back, yeah. living with family members and shit. And then they split up, and then I moved back in with him. So it was yeah. like in all that, you know, and it was like, I think maybe and so and maybe I think he maybe resented me for that. I don't know what it was. Well, it's complicated. It's like you were a kid that needed a lot of support and he didn't have it. Yeah, dude, what, what that's the thing is like that's that, that's what I'm talking about. It's like I don't think it's that my dad was a bad dad. Yeah. I, it's just that I was I was I was a lot yes. as a kid mm-hmm. and he didn't have it. He just didn't have didn't whatever have it. It, I needed. I remember did your parents ever do this one to you where they would be like you're too sensitive. No. I got that a lot. Cuz my you know this, <laughs> my feelings never came up. Really? No. How I felt didn't matter about shit. Well, what it was is it was the behavior around it. So if I was like no. acting out, they'd be like, "You're being too sensitive. Go over there." And I'd be no. like, "Oh no." It was never that. Oh. No, it was it was always 
um, well, it's weird when you say your parents because I only lived with him for a couple years. It's, yeah. So, but but I never got, we never like talked about, because I wasn't sensitive. Because the thing is, I never, I was afraid of him. So I never. Yeah. You didn't have a relationship built up. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I never, or it wasn't even that. It's just that I never trusted the relationship we had. Like I right. never, I didn't believe. Because cause when I first moved, when I was first there, I thought it was her. I thought, see, I thought my I initially thought my stepmom was was doing all the shit that made me feel like a stepchild. Because uh. my dad was never around, so he he paid for everything. And it's like, you know, when whenever something was like uneven or unfair, and I'd be like, wait a minute, how come I didn't get a thing? And and she would have to be the one to tell me why or suck it up or whatever, right? Right. So I was like, oh, it's that bitch. She just don't like me because I'm not her son. You know what I mean? So me, yeah. me, even though she showed me a lot of love, but whenever me and her got into a fight, I would always pull out the you're not my mama it's a card thing, right? Real Don Snow situation. Oh, yeah. But then, but then, you know, so I thought it was her. But then when it, when it was me and him together, yeah, just us, that's when I realized, oh, it wasn't her. It was you. You don't. You're is because now I see exactly yeah. what your contribution is, and so it. I had this resentment of it, and my dad wasn't. He's not. He doesn't take criticism very well either. You know. So it was like it was that we never had no conversations about nothing. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Like we ain't never talk about me ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Unless I was in trouble. Right. Right. Yeah. But I. But I. I was good on that. You know. So you apologize? Oh well, well, well. Later on, because because after that, like I hated him. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and the only reason I tolerated him is because like later on down the line, my uh, my my little brother lived with him, and he's like one of my favorite people. Um, so to you know, I would go over hit my father's house and yeah. visit my brother, but um, but you know, but I realized later on, like once I hit the age where I was like my dad's age, yeah. And I realized, oh, you know what? I, I I wouldn't be able to handle me right now either. Like if I was just mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's a me at yeah. 13. Because I, cause cause I'm telling you, you couldn't just, because I wasn't the kid, you could just tell, you couldn't just tell me not to do something. <laughs> it had to make sense or I was doing what the fuck I wanted to do. I was one of those kids. One of my early memories is walking in the kitchen. I'm wearing diapers. I walk into the kitchen. I open the refrigerator. I grab a cold egg. And I look at my mom. And she says, don't you drop that egg. I swear I will. You are cruising for a bruise. And I'm like three years old. And I just drop the egg like a gangster and walk out of the room. Like, come for me, bitch. Did you get a bruising? I did. But like it's one of those things I understand that that like defiant like something something is wrong and my reaction to it is I'm gonna be punk rock and I'm gonna burn this house down one way or another. Well, it was just that my mom see my mom see it's like my mom understood like when I was you know when I was little little yeah my mom always explained things to me yeah you know and it's like but a lot of parents have that attitude was like I don't have to explain shit do what I say you know it's not like but it's like all right you don't got to explain shit you write about that but I'm gonna do what the fuck you can't control what I do. But it's why you're so smart and why you're such a good joke writer and why you see things from other perspectives because you want to know. And not everybody wants to know. Some people just want the information and to move forward. Yeah, well, that's why I'm, get, that's why I'm, I'm getting a lot of shit about the Michael Jackson thing. What do you mean? It was because, like, I, well, we, we, had a, we had a big, long, like, argument. But it was, like, maybe seven people involved at the, about, about at Michael Jackson. At the comedy store? At the comedy store, yeah. Because everybody was... Cause, cause, like, I was like, this documentary didn't convince me of anything, and everybody's like, 
you know, not everybody, but like five people was like, what? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, look, man, <laughs> you know, and I, and I, I laid out my case. But, okay. But it's like, but it's like, I'm not defending Michael Jackson. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm, I'm saying I feel exactly like I felt before I saw the documentary. Like over the last 20, all the information that came out. Yeah. It's like, I don't feel different. Like, I, like I'm, I, I was not sure before and I'm still not, I'm not certain that he's a pedophile after watching this. I just, I don't know. I think I think the Jack the Michael Jackson scandal and the um and the college admission scandal share two qualities wow. where you're just like you didn't know like <laughs> yeah I like guess this so. information hasn't been available for t- however many years we I thought we knew this I thought we yeah. knew the rich people were gaining the system I thought we knew that there was something going on with the Jacksons <laughs> I thought yeah, well, we knew it's, it's always weird <laughs> shit well we're very selective about what you know what we are outraged about like for some reason we, st- we still letting Caitlyn Jenner slide and she killed somebody yes and, like, she did and nobody ever talks about it I'm ve- I, you know what I will I in a in a drag queen roast I go through for a drag queen and we definitely almost every time make a Caitlyn Jenner like we've made a couple of Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> murdering somebody jokes <laughs> that's funny yeah because where else is it gonna get you know where else are you gonna be able to tell that truth other than comedy yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I would love to, I would love, <laughs> if I'm ever hosting anything big, Kendall Jenner better hope she ain't there because I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I mean, sure. you gotta be like, did yeah. you drive yourself here? I just want to know if I'm safe on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just like, well, it's been, it's been 10 years. It's time to make a documentary about <laughs> all the people you've killed on the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cause, crazy. Because I'm sure it's been more than one. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty, it's pretty intense. We just stopped talking about it. It's like, because that's what's weird to me, because you know what it is, is it's not juicy. It's not, it doesn't have that gossipy vibe or that, can you believe it? You know what I mean? Type of deal. So it's like, people are like, because that's, because the the Michael Jackson thing is something that we've, it's been debated for 20 years, Mm -hmm. 25 years, right? But, the Caitlyn Jenner thing is something like we know it happened, <laughs> you know. I think what's I think what what's popular right now, and there's a word for it in Spanish, chisme, where it's a combination of gossip and truth. Oh. That's intriguing. I think that's like like I, you know the yeah. true crime genre is is chisme, yeah, and people like, love that because they take and they it's like they. Uh, they feel because you know what it is that's that's how my uh, my auntie used to try to get information out of me because she was the she was the gossipy one is like she, she was like she would ask you like what's going on yeah with the situation and when you didn't tell her she would fill in the blank with something absurd that's my grandmother yeah it's so just so you would counter it with the real with the right so you would have to respond mm-hmm. right so it's like oh well you know because what it look what i think is or something manipulative, like, oh, right. so I guess you just don't want to share things with me today, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I guess we're done here. Uh, well, you know what it is? My, my mom doesn't do that, though. She, My mom knows me enough, well enough to just leave it alone. Yeah. Like, mom, that's I'm not going to talk about that. And she'll just go, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> that's, and that's how I know it. It's like she doesn't agree. Yeah. But she's going to leave it alone. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what happened with Michael Jackson. Nobody could agree, so we just all left it alone. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, well, the thing, see, my thing is, I don't. I'm not. A, I've. I'm not a huge Michael Jackson fan. Like, I don't know what those people are like. You know, like yeah. I, I can only. I only like like off the top of my head. I can only think of like maybe three or four of his songs that I like. Yeah. Um, but I, and maybe and maybe it's weird. It's it's different for me because my childhood was so strange. But I don't. I'm not one of those people who's like this thing defines my childhood. It's like yeah. It's like I, there's no art or show or song that I feel like. It's my childhood where I'm like, oh, if they change it or ruin it or take it to the the Cosby Show was a big deal in my house. It no. was a big deal in my house. I mean, I, I've I've definitely seen the Cosby Show, but it, but it's like I haven't seen every episode. I can remember specific episodes, like several. No, now Star Trek, Star Trek is yep. is a big thing for me, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that was really my childhood. Really, matter of fact, I was watching Star Trek when my dad came home that night. Really on UPN, yeah. So it must have been. <laughs> Was it Deep Space Nine, or was it no, like no, next, next Gen? Next, next Generation, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I don't think Deep Space Nine was invented yet. That's crazy, man. What is what is the thing you do? Because I know we've talked about like depression and anxiety, all kinds of stuff. Like, what is the thing that you do to maintain your sort of your zen on a daily basis? Because you're doing great. I play video games. And I okay. Play, I play video games. Um, after something stressful or whatever but i may um but i i when i'm at the comedy club or something i'm always playing chess on my phone that keeps me keeps you calm yeah and i know that's strange because some i've had people stop me and be like what are you doing like how can you i mean it's working for you like how can you compete at something when you have to do comedy isn't that peak your anxieties or whatever but it's like it does it, maybe all these emotionally intrusive ass people here are more anxiety no, it, producing I, than no, that it, it, <laughs> no it actually puts me in a comedy mood yeah. because when i'm playing chess i'm not i'm not i don't play the long stressful game i play the quick game that's like five minutes because oh. i'm just trying new i'm trying like i probably i probably just been watching some youtube video of some different opening or something like that okay and, I'm, and i want to try it 25 times to see if i can if, if it's something i'm comfortable with you know oh. so i'm just i just i'm just trying something new and I'm, i get comfortable with that you that's know? awesome that's um, cool but that's about it i mean and I, I mean and i listen i listen to music um almost constantly you're trying to take care of your health too um yeah, I mean, I just got my CPAP machine. That's been a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. You look rested. Yeah, yeah. It's it's life. It's life altering. You know, it really is. Don't fuck around. Don't fuck around with your sleep out there. It's really, it's really bad. My dad had a CPAP. They got him one after he got sick, and it was like, what? What took him so long? Because he had he had struggled with like really loud, extreme snoring for years. To where when he got the CPAP machine, the absence of noise was so disruptive to my sleep pattern that I had to like play music at night because I was like, I, I had Is to have still noise. Alive? No, he passed away when I was like 17. From what? Uh, something called multiple systems atrophy. It's like um, similar to the illness that Robin Williams was diagnosed with, except for Robin Williams had like hallucinations. It's, a, it's in the Parkinson's family of illnesses. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a real... Um, it's like your whole body. It's, it would be like if you took your um, your uh, hard drive out of your computer 
and just smashed it against mm-hmm. the ground a few times, rubbed a little dirt in it, and then put it back in the computer and tried to get the computer to work. So it's like not, it, it's your, your body and your brain stop communicating with each other. So the CPAP machine was like a game changer, but they didn't, they caught it so late in the game. Yeah. See, I, I was, I had the CPAP. I got the CPAP too late probably to stop me from gaining unhealthy amounts of weight. Yeah. uh, But I got it early enough to where it's like, you know, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to have a fucking heart attack in two weeks, you know? Right. So. Yeah, you're fine. You're going to be fine. It's, I mean, you're young. We're young. We don't feel young. We feel, but we're young still, right? <laughs> well, I'm young. I don't know. What you, what are you, what are you, 50? <laughs> <laughs> no. Stop. We're in our 30s, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, it's, oh, whatever. But, um, the, uh, what is your relationship with your higher power? Do you, like, have one? No. No. Okay. It's fair. I'm God. No, I'm a, <laughs> I don't, I'm an atheist. I don't have a, I don't have a higher power. Okay. My higher power is logic, reason. That's a higher power for sure. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's, the, it's the one that makes sense for me, and it's cheaper okay. than religion. Okay. So. I like that. Yeah. What's... Because for me, I throw like religion and tradition and... Uh, like all those things that make you do things that don't make sense. Yeah. I'm, I just can't fuck with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's like you would, you would otherwise make a different decision, but if not for religion or tradition, you're doing this thing. That's not, it's not the best thing to do. Right. You know, it's not the best choice to make, but you're doing it because right. we've always done it. Right. It's like, it's why just, are you? To me, like religion is just, it's just the worst form of tradition. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I guess some people need it to be good people or to have something to believe in or whatever reason. I don't think most people really buy it, though. I don't think so either. Well, I think most people have serious doubts. Because actually, the people that don't are fucking scary. The people, right. The people like, <laughs> the like fundamentalists, those people are fucking terrifying. Yeah. 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 I don't know what's out there. I know there's something out there for me, but I don't, I don't know what it is. And that's fine. Mm. I'm okay with that. I like the free fall element. Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe you die and become God of your own universe. Uh, That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. I don't know if I would want to. It's a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, imagine getting gravity just right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a tough one for sure (laughs) and you gotta wait billions of years to see it's a whole rick and morty situation it really is you're gonna end up in a cronenberg universe you know like you just wanna it's a lot and then you imagine you create this whole universe and then and then the people you created are still like i don't know about that guy I (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that well we finally got through all the questions except for one what, is, what is the last, what's the thing that you would tell somebody just like you in the world? What? What do you mean just like me? Yeah. Like maybe somebody's listening to this podcast and they're fe- they're like, same, same experience, totally the same. What's one thing you'd like to tell them? Get your own shit. Get your own thing. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, what no, if I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, 
uh, I'm trying to not say something cliche here. Um, you can say something cliche. It's fine. A lot of cliched shit's been said on this podcast. Mm, what, 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 if, if I, somebody that's just like me that's listening, I guess I would, I would just say, um, um, believe in yourself, but but not too much. Okay, the right amount of believing in yourself. Well, believe believe in yourself, but don't believe everything you tell you. Like question it. Question everything you tell you, but believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Or put your thoughts on trial or whatever you want to put it. I like that. That's like a white lady remix of. (laughs) (laughs) Your therapist a white lady? Yeah. 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 A little younger than me. I don't think she quite understood what she was getting when I walked Uh, in the door. uh, See, I don't think I could have a therapist that was younger than me. It's interesting because I saw one of her other clients too, and her other clients like a 50-year-old black lady. So I'm like, okay. She's got her work cut out. She's got, she's, she's exercising um, a lot of like, it's an interesting place. It's like a clinic for, it's a clinic for people with no health insurance. And they have like art therapy and a food bank and it's a really interesting oh, wow. place. Art therapy and a food bank. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like meditation classes, but they also do like work programs and stuff. Really interesting. Do they have an espresso machine there? They don't. Sometimes they have a Keurig, but there's never any pods. Sometimes the coffee machine has coffee in it. Most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> you have to bring your own pods? I think so. I think it's a bring your B- BYOP. <laughs> BYOP situation. Okay. But they do have like bread from the sprouts that they couldn't sell. What is this like a farmer's market slash <laughs> No, no, no. It's much it's like in Van Nuys. It's like in a bad part of Van Nuys. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's sort of like a work development slash psychiatric care center. It's for it's for people with like a lot of shit going on. So little miss I have an anxiety disorder bebopping in there must seem like a, a nice break. What is that white cord right there for? This one? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, that's an earphone? Earphone. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see what's going on. That's the bomb. We're going to have to disable it in a second. Okay. Let's do it. What's your, uh, how can people get a hold of you and Uh, also promote your uh, podcast and stuff? Oh, just listen to my podcast, BS with Brian Simpson. I keep keep saying my website is going to exist someday, but I'm just lazy about it. I can show you how I did mine on Squarespace no, myself. Because then I would have to call you every time I need to help with it. I got to figure That's it out myself. That's true. I figured it out myself. After I called Squarespace and was like, you're not helping me. And then mm. I figured it out. They were just like, you just need to take a nap. That's literally what happened. I took a nap. I woke up and I figured it out. They were just like, what are you stupid? Do they host it for you? Yeah, they host it for you. But it's like a build your own situation. But do you get the domain? Or is it yeah. always be at Squarespace? I think mine's at Squarespace, but you can pay for the domain. Mm. All right. You figure. I know a website builder too. If you okay. got like two hundred bucks, he'll do it for you. Um. So yeah, BS with Ryan Simpson. Yeah. Okay. Your Twitter handle? Uh, well, Twitter's lame, right? I mean, it's not lame, but but I feel like no one engages. His, on okay, his Twitter and Instagram is short white neck. No, no, my Twitter is short white neck. My Instagram is BS comedian. BS comedian. Yeah. Okay. Even though maybe I should change my Twitter to that too. I don't even tell the short white neck 
bit anymore. I have never heard the short white neck video. Oh no, I have. I think I have. Maybe. I think I have. We'll see. And and it's, and oh, it's not true anymore. That's that's what fucking. That's what true. You you are wasting away before our eyes. You got that. Yeah. Jokes are just expiring out here. Hey, you know what? It's fine. Poor guys. <laughs> you can find a way to tell them. Why is that Ricola? Okay, you know what? That's a personal question. Why is but, there Ricola in a vase over there? Yeah. Are you making some kind of concoction? Are no. you turning? Are you turning them car drops into liquid? No, I just put them in there because I was because it was cluttery, and I will put things in things <laughs> to declutter. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll accept that. Yeah, it's you know. It's a situation. You can find me at Anna V is found on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. And you can check out my other podcast, the Brouhaha podcast. What else? Um, oh, yeah. We're doing a live 12 questions at the Before You Die Festival in Anchorage, Alaska. What? That's so exciting. With a friend of the podcast, Carlos Delgado. And our special guest will be uh, Jessica Michelle Singleton. It should be dope um what else is happening uh yeah so follow us on all the things and brian this is how i end the podcast every time if nobody's told you this today i love you oh i love you too i thought you were gonna say namaste no i know it does feel like i was gonna get up and leave um if i said namaste and like bust out a crystal yeah well it was it used to be cool when no one knew what it was right now it's just now it's everywhere right but that's why i just cut to the chase and say love you Right. Love and you too. if you don't have to respond, that's fine. <laughs> but I will take it. No, I did respond. I know you did. I know. I don't know why I felt like I did deflect that. I don't know. I don't, I'm being weird. Um, let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. No. <laughs> and then uh, if you're listening to this today and nobody's told you this, love you. Okay, bye.